Tonight's words will be dedicated Lerfushlema of Miriam Lipi Paskisha Leia. We should have Lema. She's in critical condition and we all have to keep her in our tefillas. If we would be davening inside the base medrash this evening instead of out here, as we do when the shanim are ketikunam, when the years are normal, which this year is not, we would have removed the pereiches from the Arna Kaidash. The reason for this minig is that the Pasuk and Echa says, Bitsa im Rasai, that Akarish Baruch carried out his word when destroying Yerushalayim. And the Medrash darshans this to mean that Akarish Baruch tore his royal garments. The Lushan of the Medrash is, Biza parparin shalai, his royal garments were torn. And the understanding of this medrash is that it's an allusion to the Gemara and Gittin. The Gemara and Gittin speaks about how Titus HaRasha committed unmentionable Averis in the Kaidish HaKadoshim. And after he finished there, he went and he took out his spear and he stabbed the Pereiches the Pereiches, the holy curtain that separated the Kaidesh and the Kaidesh HaKadoshim, he put his sword through that curtain. And the Medrash, the Gemara, tells us that blood started being the blood started pouring out, gushing out from behind the curtain. And it was a nace that happened. Titus thought Shaharagas Atzmai, the Gemara says, which is a euphemism to mean that he thought he killed the Rabbi Nishalam, Chalila. And the Gemara continues how he took that Pereiches and used it to wrap up all of the plunder from the Mikdash, all of the Kalim that he could get his hands on. He brought it back to Rome, and the understanding was that he brought it to Rome to show off. He killed the Rabbi Nishlelem, Afra Lepuma. This Gemara is very troubling for many reasons, but on a very simple level, we know that there's a rule. The rule is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu never performs Nisim for Rishon. When a nace happens, it's a nace that takes place for a tzaddik, for Klal Yisrael, for good people. Why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring about a nace for the purpose of Titus HaRasha of all people? Why would he make it that when Titus stabbed the Pereiches, blood would come out? Perhaps we could say as follows. Maran Yuma tells us that there were five differences between the Bayis Rishon and the Bayis Sheni. 
One of those five differences was that the Bayis Rishain had the Shechina in it. The first temple had the presence, the divine presence of the Rabbeinu Shalom constantly in it. Which meant that when you came into the Mikdash, you felt a concentrated form of the Rabbeinu Shalom. You, you, you felt palpably the Kedusha, the Shechina herself residing in the Mikdash. During the Bayesheni, unfortunately, there was a Prisas Adairis, there was Yeridas Adairis, and there was no Shechina in the Mikdash. Obviously, there's a Shechina everywhere in the world. But that concentrated feeling of Shechina, that palpable nature, that when you walk through the Sha'are HaMikdash, you are instantly able to sense this great Kayach in the world of the Shechina. That was not present during the Bayesheni. And perhaps that's the reason why ultimately the Bayesheni was destroyed. The purpose of the Mikdash, as is said in every Sefer ever written, Va'asuli Mikdash v'shachanti b'saycham, b'saychay le'nemer al-b'saycham, the purpose of the Mishkan was not to have an edifice in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu willed dwell. The purpose of a Mishkan was that we should go into the Mikdash, we should go into the Mishkan, we should get so much Kedusha in our tank from that experience that the Shechina will stay within us. V'inayam Hashem Elekeinu Aleinu the ni'imus of Hashem, the sweetness of Hashem, the perfection of Hashem, the wholesomeness of Hashem should be within every one of us. In the Bayez Rishon, we have that. But alas, in the Bayez Sheni, we were deprived of that. And so, when we did not have that Shechina, that we were able to enter the Mikdash, feel, and then take back home with us, it led to a certain deficiency in our Midas. It led to Sinas Chinam. It led to terrible Midas rise. It led to questions of Amuna. Because we didn't have the Shechina to permeate ourselves. And the Ni'imus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was unfortunately not Aleinu. And so it might be said that the root core of the Churban Bayis Sheni was the fact that there was no Shechina in the Mikdash and by extension no Shechina within us and when there's no Shechina within us when we don't recognize the Rabbi Shalom constantly and fully then terrible things happen to us our Midas become corroded our Amuna becomes very weakened the Bein Adam L'chaveira, the Bein Adam L'amakim, the Bein Adam L'atzmai all become severely compromised, which ultimately leads to Chorban. And that's why we're sitting on the ground this evening. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu ordained Bitzai and Rasai that, that the Rishoim should have the ability somehow to destroy the Mikdash Hashem, 
He gave us a message. The, the, the miracle was not for Titos. The miracle was for us, for all time, to understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Chai V'Kayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists. He is with us. Whether there is a, a Shechina that's manifest in all of its glory in the, in the Beis HaMikdash or not. Whether we are in a time that the Shanim are or not. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here with us. There is a Rabbi in the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Mahava the Bria. He created the Bria. He continues to run the Bria. These Yesaidas of Amuna, these foundations of Amuna, are so important to us and for us to remember and to hold on to forever that as the Beis HaMikdash was about to be torched, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave one last miracle for us to see that when you stab the Pereiches, blood comes out. Nachas v'shalem, physical blood. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has no guf. He has no masige haguf. But on a certain spiritual level, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to understand so well that there is a Shechina here. I always was here. Whether you could feel me always or not, I am here. And I will be with you in Golis as well. And I'm bleeding for you. I'm in pain for you. And when you're in Saris, I'm in Saris. I am with you at all times, in all state, in all circumstance. I am constantly with you. I bleed for you. I am here for you. I am with you. This was a miracle not for Titus. It was a miracle for us that we should understand and remember this Gemara for all time. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Chai V'Kayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is alive. The challenge, of course, is remembering this. Imagine for a second if we would always be able to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really, really, really here. Imagine what that would do for us. We would never sin. We would never speak Lashon Hara. We would never have sinas chinam. We would never look at things that we're not supposed to look at. We would never do something that would disappoint him because he's here. The problem is that because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is invisible, we forget. And we begin to imagine at certain moments that he's not here with us and that we could get away with things and that we could cut corners because who knows? I don't see him here, so I don't always have to worry that he's present. This is an old problem. This is not a problem that started with us in 2020. This is a problem from the beginning of time, but I think it's most beautifully expressed by the Mesolz Yasharm and Perak Yotas where the Mesos Yasharim writes about how important it is for us to be misbining, to constantly contemplate and understand that there is a Rabbeinu Shlelem in the world. And he says this is one of the most difficult things to do. Ya'an ki'ein ha'chush oizer klau. The reason why it's so difficult for us to really understand at all times that there is a Rabbeinu Shlelem is because our senses, which we rely upon, they don't help us at all here. 
they're of no assistance because my eyes don't see him, my ears don't hear him, my fingers can't touch him, my nose can't smell him. And so therefore, it's, it's a difficult mission that we have every single moment of every day to remember that there's a Rabbeinu Shalom in the world. There's a balabayas here. Sometimes a person's at a job and when the boss is present, he is working so well. He's mamish sitting and burning the midnight oil and doing everything right. But when the boss goes away for a vacation or for a, on a business trip, it's a different worker. Because if the boss isn't here, I don't have to worry. There's no supervision. How do we look at our Avedis Hashem? How do we look at our lives? Do we look at our lives as the employee that feels the boss's presence over us at all times? Or do we sometimes allow ourselves the luxury of believing that the boss is no longer around so much? We're in Gullus. We're in America. We have Nisyanis. I don't see him. I don't hear him. Maybe I can act a little bit different. Yan ki'ein hachush oizer lozeklau. Our senses are not helping us here. And so it's the number one problem I think that we have in our life. It's the core problem that we have that we don't always really believe fully. We have lip service. We, we really do a good job in saying Baruch Hashem and Mirz Hashem. And sometimes we do really believe and sometimes we really do have full amunah and bitachin that HaKadosh Baruch exists. But very often I think we find ourselves weak in this. Revolbi writes, the great Ali Shor, that he once visited Reb Chatzko Levenstein, who was the, the mashkiach of the Dar, and when Reb Chatzko was nifter, I would say, I think it's fair to say the Revolbi became the mashkiach Hadar. And he once went to visit Reb Chatzko, and he asked Reb Chatzko a great question. He says, I'm going back to yeshiva now. Tell me a message that I should pound into the boys. When I go and give a shmooze, what's the number one thing that I should convey to them? What's the most important thing? After all, I'm mashkiach in a very chashav yeshiva in Ber one of the Ivy League yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. Tell me what I should tell the boys for Musar. Reb Chatzkel said, go into the base madrash, give a clap on the bima, and say, Rabbi Sai, there's a Rabbi Nishleilam in the world. There's a God in the world. Revolba looked at him dumbfounded. I'm not going to a, to a public school. I'm not going to do Kirov. I said I'm going back to my yeshiva in Beriakov. I'm going to the Spitz Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. These are Bachram that are learning Yaiman Valayla, Gemara, Rashi, Taisvis, Rashpas, Ritvas, Rambams, Kitsais, Primagodim. Do you want to maybe give me another lesson to tell them? He says, I know who you are, and I know where you're going. I heard you loud and clear, and I'm still telling you. Go back to your yeshiva and give a clap on the bima and say, Rabbi Sai, there is da Rabbi in the Velt. There is a God in this world because they need to hear it. 
And if they need to hear it, I think it's safe to say that we need to hear it as well. We need to hear loud and clear this evening that there's a Rabbeinu Shalom in the world. We have to keep on repeating it to ourselves and then keep repeating it to our children and to the people that matter to us in life. That there's a Rabbeinu Shalom in the world. And when we're able to understand that there's a Rabbeinu Shalom in the world, then we'll be able to feel the Shekhinah again. And when we feel the Shekhinah again, we'll be like the employee that's constantly aware that there's the boss that's at any moment going to be Yitzhi v'nichnas. He's going to come into the room. He's going, to, he's going to see what I'm doing. I don't want to disappoint him. I want to make him proud. It's a different life for people that realize this. The very first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch says, Shivisi Hashem l'negdi samid. Place Hashem before your eyes at all time. And then he says that this is Mailas Hat Sadikim. Kizem Mailas Hat Sadikim Asherhochim with fun of Tamid. This is the Maila of Tzadikim who walk before Akadish Baruch at all time. And if you look in the Bir Hagra on that line in the Shulchan Aruch, that line in the Ramah, he adds one word. He says, Kizeh Kol Mailas Hat Sadikim. This is the entire ball of wax. What separates a tzaddik from a rasha? What separates a tzaddik from a regular average person? One thing. It's not how long you learn every day. It's not how much tzedakah you give. It's not how long your payas are. It's not what color hat you wear or what color yarmulke you wear or what color shirt you wear. It's one thing. The one mailasat tzaddikim is shivisi Hashem l'negdi samid. When a person is able to put HaKadosh Baruch Hu before his eyes at all time and realize that there's a God in the world, that there's the Shekhinah with us here in America like it was, Bizman HaBayis, that's a tzaddik. It doesn't mean we'll always be perfect. It doesn't mean we will never ever sin. We will because we're human. And sometimes we'll forget this. But the more we're able to remind ourselves constantly that there's a Rabbeinu Shalom in the Welt, the more we'll be able to bring the Shekhinah back to the world. Because we're doing so by feeling that way. We bring the Rabbeinu Shalom back ourselves to the world and ultimately to the Harabayas again by the Binyan Bayas Shlishi from Heir Amena because we're, we're doing that. We're doing the Avaida. We're bringing the Rabbeinu Shalom back to the world and to Yerushalayim. It's interesting, you know, the Minigan Yeshiva is, and it's a very strange thing for people at first when they come to Yeshiva and they're not used to it. But very often, Talmidim speak to their Rebbe in third person. They say, uh, does the Rebbe want a, a, a cup of coffee? Um, can I bring the Rebbe a safer? Uh, how's the Rebbe feeling? It's very uh, odd at first when you hear it. I remember I was in seventh grade. I went to... Uh, I went to a certain very from camp and, uh, and, and boys were talking to the Rebbe like that. I wasn't used to that from where I was going to elementary school. And I, I didn't understand it even. Like somebody said to the Rebbe, like, uh, does the Rebbe want a drink? I said, why don't you ask him? He's right here. 
I didn't hop the whole thing, but that's the way people talk. You speak in a certain formal way, in a third person way. But it's been pointed out that when we speak, when we dive into the Rabbeinu Shalom, every bracha that we make is not in third person. We direct our statements straight to the Rabbeinu Shalom. Baruch Ato Hashem, you Hashem, speaking directly at the Rabbeinu Shalom, are blessed. Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't you think that the covet for the Rabbeinu Shalom should be at least as, as much as the covet as we give our Rabbeim? And the answer is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chvaydei U'ba'atzmai is Michael on his covet. You know why? Because imagine a son speaking to a father that way. Does Tati want, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't work. A father and a son can't have that relationship. It just doesn't work. There needs to be a warmth. There needs to be a, a camaraderie. There needs to be a relationship, which of course is very important with the Rebbe and Atama, but there needs to be some more formality in that latter type of relationship. But a father and a son needs to have that direct conversation. And that's what the Rabbi Shalom wants. He doesn't want to be our Rebbe. He wants to be our father. He wants you to speak to him with warmth. He wants you to get him. He wants you to understand that he bleeds for you. Kaviyachal. That's such an important, critical part of the relationship with the Rabbi to, to imagine him in front of you. When you're saying, Baruch Atah Hashem, imagine that he's standing in front of you. You're Aymed Lefnei HaMelech, like the Rambam famously writes. You're Aymed Lefnei HaMelech when you're davening Shemayin Esrei. You're literally standing before him, but where is he? I have to envision that he's before me. That's such, that's the Aleph base of Yadus. We can't see him, but we have to feel him. We have to bring his Shechina here. That's what we're doing every single day, every bracha. We have to have a warmth in the relationship to the Rabbi Shalom. We can't allow it to be cold. We can't allow it to be distant, to be removed, because when that happens, Chorban takes place. There was a Misa that was said about the Baal Shem Tov. The Halog of Baal Shem Tov was once walking in the winter, in the freezing Russian winter, by a, a lake that was turned ice. And he saw Christian boys and girls that were ice skating on this newly made ice skating ring from the old lake. And he just watched them. And what these boys and girls were doing was with their where they're skating, they're making crosses in the ice. They were going in a certain way that they're making constant crosses in the ice, and the Baal Shem was like transfixed by this scene in front of him, and the Hasidim were getting a little bit nervous, like, what's, what's the Rebbe doing? And the Baal Shem explained, there's such a great Musr Shmuz here. He says, when one has a cold relationship with the Rabbi Nishan. When it's freezing and ice cold, then a person can make crosses in the ice. It's only when you have a warm relationship with the Rabbi Nishan. When the waters are warm enough and they're not icy, that's when the relationship can really be fostered with the Rabbi Nishan. Otherwise, it's Avay Dezara, Rechman When our relationship is so lacking, 
when we feel so cold and so distant from the Rabbeinu Shalom, that's not Yadus. Yadus, by definition, is to feel this great personal relationship with God. I wake up in the morning, I say, I am grateful before you. I see the Rabbeinu Shalom right by the side of my bed. And I go to sleep at night, I say, Hamapil, Baruch Atah Hashem. And then every single stage throughout the day, the Birchaz HaShachar, the Shemayin Esrez, before every meal, after every meal, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not just the one that we bless, it's the one that we personally connect to. We're being Masher, the Shechina B'Tachtainim, every single time that we do this. Why is it, Rabbi say that we have such a problem with this? Why is it that we fall into this rut time and again, that maybe we have this iris, maybe during Elul, maybe Rashaniyim Kippur Ni'ilah, maybe Aishana Rabbah, maybe Simchas Taira, and then we go back to our old ways and it becomes cold again. The waters go from being nice and warm to being freezing and rigid, frigidly cold. And we're again ice skating with crosses, Rachman Litzan, on that ice. Why do we allow ourselves to do that? What makes that change? In us? The answer is the Pereiches. The Pereiches is the object in the Beis Hamikdash that the Torah designates to be a Mabdil, to be a separation between Kaidesh and Kaidesh HaKadosh, and between two levels of Kedusha. When we keep the Pereiches strong, when we're able to honestly separate ourselves from the Umay Sa'ilam, when we're able to understand what's holy and what's profane, when we're able to make very strict Gedarim for ourselves, what we permit ourselves to look at and what we don't, where we permit ourselves to go and where we don't, what we permit ourselves to speak about and what we don't, what we allow ourselves to eat and what we don't. When we make these Mavdilim, when we're making these separations, we're creating a Pereiches. And the Pereiches cannot be stabbed. The Pereiches cannot be breached. And that's when we're able to really feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But when we compromise our Pereiches, when we allow our guard down, when we allow the Umm Asylum to seep into our culture, into our daily life, by listening to their music, by watching their pop culture, by talking in a way that they do, by dressing in a way that they do, by a certain lack of tzniyas that sometimes we allow ourselves, maybe more so in the summer. All of these things are things that drive the Shekhinah away, not because he's leaving so quickly, but we are chasing him away. We are not able so much when we're doing those things to understand that there's a Rabbi Shalom in the world because our minds are too busy and too cluttered with all the other things in the world that we can't focus on the things that we should be focusing on. And the most important thing is Shibi Sashem Lenegdi Summit because there's no room in our brain for pop culture and the Rabbi Shalom, for Lashon Hara and the Rabbi Shalom. The Pereiches is the one thing that we have to really 
solidify in our lives, in order to bring back the Shekhinah, in order to have a more constant relationship with the Rabbi Shalom. A tzaddik is not a tzaddik because he's able to just be Shibi Sashem Lenegdi Samid. There's a prerequisite to the Shibi Sashem Lenegdi Samid, and that's the Mavdilim, the separations that a tzaddik makes for himself, the filters, the borders, the boundaries that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to build in order to separate ourselves from the Umm Asylum because the closer we are to them, the further we are from Him. Reb Chaim of Sons, the great Divrei Chaim used to say the following, you cite, and you have to listen to this very well. We know the Gemara says, and Rashi and Sukkah really brings it out to the fore, that the Bayesh Lishi is built already. We think we have to come when the Bayes Shlishi, when Mashiach comes in Mitzvah Hashem very soon, the Bayes Shlishi, we're going to have to build ourselves. And there are Rishayim that hold that that might be part of the process. Rashi in Sukkah says different. Rashi says that the Bayes Shlishi is Bonoyo Meshuchlo. The Bayes Shlishi is already built in Shamayim. All it's going to do is come down. When Mashiach comes, you're going to look up and you're going to see descending from heaven a perfectly built Bayes Shlishi. Reb Chaim Misan says there's one thing that we are going to have to contribute to the Bayes Shlishi. That's not built. That's not existent yet. But it's our responsibility when Mashiach comes to bring to the Mikdash this one chilek that will be the Makkah Patish, the final blow, the final signature, master stroke of the Mishkan, of the Mikdash. And you know what that is? It's not the Aaron. It's not the Menaira. It's not the Shulchan. It's not the Kiar. It's the Pereiches. Kirishbarcha <laughs> wants us to bring in the Pereiches. What does that mean? The more that we're able to separate from the Umay Sailam, the more glorious a Pareiches we are crocheting for the Rabbi Shalom, we are knitting for the Rabbi Shalom. Because that's what we need to bring Mashiach. We need the Pareiches. And when we go into the base Medrash during a normal year, and there's no Pareiches, on the Aaron, on Tishabav, it's supposed to be the greatest Musr Shmuz. The Pareiches is missing in our lives. We're not permitting the Shechina into this world because we're so busy with the Umay Sa'ilam that we can't have both in our heads. We're busy with the cold relationship with the Rabbi Nishlam, with the crisscrossing on the ice, which prohibits the Rabbi Nishlam Shechina from coming down into our world, into our lives. And we all know what I'm talking about. We all know how we permit ourselves every single day things that our forefathers would cringe if they saw us doing. And it's a very difficult thing to tear away from because we're addicted in different forms to different things. Every person may be a different form of that coldness. But the more that we have those things in our lives that we are addicted to and that we go back to and we permit ourselves, we're matter things that are usser, 
the less HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be here with us. The less Shechina will be, the less the Chush will be able to feel in any which way the Shechina because HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, 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 we can't have, it. the two things can't coexist. Like you can't have Eish and Mayim. Take your choice. It's a beautiful story that I heard years ago, maybe 15 years ago, there was a very big mall in Haifa and a very big nace took place. They found in the parking garage, right by one of the major supporting beams of this mall, there was a car that was packed with a hundred pounds of explosives. Baruch Hashem, they found it in time, the police, they were able to detonate this bomb before it went off. But if it would have gone off, Rachman al-Sahn, it's very possible that the entire mall with thousands of people milling about inside it would have come down. And this was a very big story at the time. And nobody knew exactly why this nace happened, except one person, Rebetzin Kanievsky, Zechreina Levracha. She told somebody that I know personally the reason why this outstanding, extraordinary nace took place. She says there was a, a girl that was not from, not religious. And that girl was not feeling well and she went to the doctor and they immediately took CAT scans and they were petrified at what they saw. They saw that there was a tremendous malignant tumor growing in her stomach and it was huge. And they said, this is inoperable. We're gonna send you home. You have a few weeks left to live. Try to enjoy those last days of your life. The family did not take no for an answer and they went to many different people, many different surgeons trying to just, let's try to operate. We have really nothing to lose. They found a surgeon that was willing to do this, a very inexperienced surgeon at that, because no experienced surgeon wanted to get anywhere near this case because it was, she was just a, a ticking time bomb. They didn't want another uh, fatality on their record. The night before the surgery, this not yet religious girl, she goes home. She takes out of her closet every single dress that was not sneistic. Everything. She had one nightgown that was sneistic. That's what she wore. She went into her backyard and she said to the Rabbi Shalom the following. When the Beis HaMikdash was around, I learned in school that we used to be able to bring karbanis, to bring sacrifices, and the Rabbi Shalom would be appeased through those sacrifices. Nowadays, we have no Beis HaMikdash. There's no ability to bring karbanis, to bring a chattas, to bring an oilah, to bring an asham. But I want to bring to you a carbon. And the carbon that I want to bring is all of these dresses that I know don't make you happy. 
and I'm going to burn them all in the fire here in the backyard. And that's going to be my sacrifice for you. I will not go back to that. From here on in, if you let me live, this is what I will give you. The next day they had the surgery. They opened her up and they found that suddenly what they thought was malignant was benign. The surgeon cut out the tumor and that was the end of it. She, she came back to good health. And she told this story to her friends. And all of her irreligious friends were so amazed by this story that they made a public fire. And they all came with their dresses that were not sneistic, and they all threw them into this fire and they gave this public carbon sebor to the Rabbeinu Shalom. And the next day they needed to go and buy new clothing. And where do you think they went for those clothing? They went to that mall in Haifa on that day. And that was the day that that bomb, Baruch Hashem, did not go off. And Rebetzin Kanievsky was told of this mice, and she says, I have no doubt in my mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed the nace because of this act of Mesiris Nefesh. They were able to give the Rabbi the Parochas that he so wanted. And when you give the Rabbi the Parochas, he does a nace with us. Just like the nace with the Parochas during the day of Tishabov by the Bayasheni, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu made blood come out of the Parochas to show, I'm alive, I'm well, and keep the Parochas. Keep strong in Golas. 2,000 years later in New York, I still expect greatness from you. I still expect a mavdil between yourselves and the Umay Salaam. And every time that we don't do things that we're naturally inclined to do, and we are matter for ourselves, things that are usur, the more we give HaKadosh Baruch Hu another carbon, and another stitch in that parechas, and we bring Mashiach closer. If we could only remember, if we could only take with us what we're speaking about tonight, keep it in our pockets, keep it in our brains, keep it in our hearts. Remember that there is a Rabbi Nishalem. I'm talking to myself more than anyone else here. Remember that there is a Rabbi Nishalem. Remember there is a Rabbi Nishalem. When you remember there is a Rabbi Nishalem, you are the happiest man in the world. Because no matter what happens, you recognize, you realize that there's a Rabbi Nishleilam. Sadness comes because we forget that there's a Rabbi Nishleilam. If things go bad in our life, we get angry, we get despondent, we think the end is here. And we forget that there's a Rabbi Nishleilam that's orchestrating everything. And what's bad is really good. But you have to remember that there's a Rabbi Nishon. The people that have Bitochen, the Enshar Bitochen, the Chayvah Zavah says, they're the happiest people in the world. Remembering that there's a Rabbi Nishon, building the Parechas is not a punishment. It's the greatest simcha. It's the greatest gift that we could give ourselves. Because it will give us simcha. It will give our children happiness. It will give them purpose. And then the greatest gift will come. 
Because when we could present HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our Parechas, our personal Parechas, our communal Parechas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, now is time to bring down my Mikdash. Because the Parechas is here. And when the Parechas is here, the Mikdash is ready.